Steve Vines, of course, was born in 1890 and witnessed feudal law. How are you? <laughs> no, that's very unfair. It was 1890. I was going to play a song then, but I can't. <laughs> it was 1891. Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah, I hate people who exaggerate. Ah, yes. <laughs> well, good to see you. We're changing things around this week because it's a holiday tomorrow. It is. We're celebrating you ironing your National uniform? Day. Yeah, uh, I, I, as. Listeners can't see it, but I hope I you're am, shining somebody I am else's shoes. In, in, in a red red shirt with three, sorry, five stars on it. Um, you know, ready as one does, red, ready to go. I bet you got an invite as well to the big hoo-ha tomorrow morning. <laughs> well, I don't know. There was something wrong with the postal service. It didn't arrive. <sighs> don't you just hate it? I know. Don't you? I just know. Hate it? I tell you I'm, what. Big silence this morning. And I can only assume it's because there's a squillion students across Hong Kong with their jaws on the floor and they've yet to pick them up. Yeah, this is what we're talking about, of course, is the decision yesterday evening by the Hong Kong University Council to block the appointment of Johannes Chan as a pro-vice-chancellor. You know what I like about this? Not uh, very uh, much. And, and the word not is in there somewhere, is all these people are saying, oh, yes, we had to block him because... All of this has become too political and, you know, it's bringing politics onto the campus. Let's rewind a bit and mm-hmm. see actually what we're talking about. This decision to appoint him was taken unanimously by the university's appointments committee. Normally what happens in these committees is that, that the decision is looked at, scrutinised by the committee and then given the nod. It was external political forces who shall remain anonymous the liaison office in Western, who said, no, 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 we don't like this man. You're not, you can't appoint him. The politics was brought into this by the opponents. And they're now turning it around and saying, oh, this is, t- this is outrageous. This has made the whole thing political. I mean, you know, it, 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 it's the sort of thing that gives chutzpah a bad name. I just thought it was interesting reading the news when it came out last night. I got down with line one, two, three. About line four, they used the word rational. Uh, it's game over. <laughs> yeah, what I like is... Game over. I mean, some of the explanations that were given, and we know this from the um, president of the Students' Union, who apparently broke confidentiality by telling us what was said. But, I mean, among the, among the allegations, of course, none of them will actually say, we don't want him because the communists have told us we can't appoint him. None of them will say that. What a surprise. So one of the allegations was, when I was hurt, I didn't get a letter of condolence from him. Gosh, that sounds pretty damning. I mean, you know... Well, that would do I mean, it, really, that, for that, me. That, 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 what about I, drinking I, I grapes? Thought, actually, no, I thought that was the strongest argument. There was another good one, which was, um, well, you know, he doesn't have a PhD, which, which is a good point, except for... It is a well-known fact that law professors don't go in for PhDs. I mean, it's a thing in that... In that field, I mean, they they do things like, oh, yes, that's right, they practice law. Um, So, you know, I mean, talk about gasping for explanations to justify their decision. Yeah. And then you have the weasel words of of, um, uh, Leung Chi Hung, the chairman of the council or whatever he's called, who says, well, you know, I can't talk about this, but I can say that it's for the long-term future of the university. What? I mean, I'm being a bit flippant, but actually this is serious. This is delivering a very big warning to any academic who doesn't toe the party line. You won't get a job, you won't be promoted, and you know what? You may well be chucked out. Hmm. Now, once you have that kind of black cloud hovering over universities in Hong Kong or anywhere else in the world for that matter, what you have is a beginning of an endgame. Because, you know, universities in themselves 
are not the be-all and end-all in society, but they're a pretty good place to test the temperature. If the free exchange of ideas and the autonomy of these places is reduced, you can bet your bottom dollar that is not the end of the process, it's the beginning of a process of wiping out freedoms and liberties elsewhere in Hong Kong. Well, the clock did go tick. I'll tell you what, though, the PhD thing is easily sorted out, as we all know, the DAB knows this. Just write to Greenwich University in Hawaii and Bob Durante. <laughs> yes. Done. Yes, yes. It comes with a free cornflake packet as well. Oh, so you think that the PhD that I've got from the University of Winnebago is in some way dubious, no, do I you? Think it, I think, brother, Just it's... Just call me Dr Vines, I'm not, I'm not worried. I think it's... And incidentally, good. I paid more than 100 bucks for it. Did you? So I it's did. a real deal so one, So it's then. a real deal. It wasn't one of those cheapo ones. Some of them were for 90-odd dollars, you know. And I say that specifically. Look it up. Greenwich University, Hawaii. Yes. I'll have one of those. Uh, two of them. <laughs> professorship on the quiet. Yes. And a CSE in woodwork. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably all said person sorry, had to start sorry, with, quite can frankly. I, can I draw you up here? What's wrong with the CSE? <laughs> Nothing at, at all. But anyway, go on. <laughs> well, anyway, I mean, but I, I, I think there will be a response, and all these people. <laughs> yeah, there will be a response. But I mean, I, I can't really get my head around the hypocrisy of these people who are clucking around saying, oh, we did this to stop politics intruding on the university. Rationally no, and pragmatically. No, this was bringing politics into the campus in an insidious way. Now, I have no objection, and, and no rational person does, to a campus being a place where there's a conflict of ideas and there are people who support the government against the government, etc., etc. Yep. But this isn't what was happening here. What was happening here was saying... Your ideas don't, you know, don't fill the bill for the comrades, and therefore you're dead. That's, that's to put it bluntly, all the excuses are so pathetic, you know. Incidentally, next time I'm injured, I'm going to make sure that the uh, DAB, all of them, write to me and offer condolences. Yeah. I'll tell you what, looking at the news as it was written by our guys last night... The use of language, the quotes, very interesting. The university's vice-chancellor, Peter Matheson, described the meeting's deliberations as, quote, vigorous. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's well known that he supported the uh, appointment of Johannes Chan. I would have thought his position as vice-chancellor is more or less untenable now. And, of course, there will be people who will be very pleased to see him go, and they shall remain anonymous. But uh, I think Arthur Lee would be up there, because, of course, Arthur Lee, who has been... Not himself. a fan of the profs. At well, Hong Kong not a, well. He of course has been. A, he was a. He was a terrible, terrible vice chancellor of Chinese U. Widely hated throughout the campus. He was known as King Arthur there because of his dictatorial ways. He he, he then developed the idea that really he should be chief executive. But you know, if that vacancy wasn't open, God possibly would be a, a position he could fulfil with ease. I mean, you know, these are the people. These are the God, people well, well, who God, block... That's a woman's job, isn't it? Uh, was it? <laughs> God, the new world, who knew? <laughs> but the fact of the matter is that, the, the, that he, of course, has been the prime mover in this, but only the prime mover in terms of his role as messenger. The real prime movers were in the liaison office, and the evidence of their interference in this academic appointment is mounting by the day. 
So all those people who say, yes, but I don't see a document from the liaison office saying that they interfered. Well, you know, come on, boys, get real. That's not how it's done. So we're talking a 12... It's done by phone calls, it's done by meetings, people being summoned down to Western oh, and yeah. saying... lunches. Your duty is... It's like Simon... Some, no, no, actually, some don't even get lunch. Do it's as not? bad as that. It's like yes. Simon Napier-Bell's great book about the pop music industry. I'm coming to take you to lunch, it's called. <laughs> it's true, though, and that's exactly well, what he meant by it, that. That's exactly what he meant. So it was a 12 to 8 thing... The student uh, leader who broke who broke his confidentiality yeah. just mentioned one name. I was immediately no, accused. no. He then mentioned others. He did. He he, he did. Um, in in uh, in a blog that he put on Facebook. Oh yeah, right. Well, not in, it's not in the news. What, so it can't what, be true. Whatever that is, the, the, the other names were were mentioned. But you know, I mean, they're the usual suspects. The people, remember, who are appointed to the University Council, they're not appointed by the university community, they're appointed by the government. Who's the head of the government? You know that bloke who visits Hong Kong occasionally, CY whatever his name is? It's him. All right, is the writing on the wall for this place or are we storming in a teacup? Well, it's, it's death by a thousand cuts. I think that's, that's the way I would look at it. You know, it is stoppable. You can repair a cut, you can put a plaster over it, and indeed you can make sure that no cuts, no further cuts are made. But it is a plan of a death by a thousand cuts. And the less people realise, you know, if you keep saying, oh, well, we'll let this one pass, it's only the universities, oh, we'll let this one pass, a bit it's big only for that, the schools, I think. you know, we'll let this one pass, it's only the police beating up somebody in the street, yeah, we, yeah, we'll let all of those things pass, because, you know, fundamentally, Hong Kong is better than Singapore. Well, OK. <laughs> I, I'm just very curious about the period of calm we have right now. Yeah, and can I, can I just say, it, it's interesting that this should come in a week where the, where the mainland media... Well, no, no, they've actually been doing oh, this been... in previous weeks. No, no, but I was going to just draw people's attention to something else. Where there's been these attacks on Li Ka-shing for removing his investments yeah. from China... And what this tells you is the whole line has always been what you have to do, what you have to understand, Hong Kong people, is shut up, be quiet and play the game and everything will be right. Well, Li Ka-shing hasn't shut up and played the game. He has noisily played the game on behalf of the Chinese government in support of CY Leung. But, you know, once you're in the ring, they say jump, How jump high? a bit higher, mm -hmm jump a bit higher, and he has failed to jump high enough. So, you know, the, the idea that somehow shut up and everything will be all right isn't good enough. They don't just want shut up. They want the higher jump. So K.S. Lee, who <laughs> I can assure you is not even vaguely resembling a dissident or a person who's anti-China or all these other stupid epithets, is somebody who has decided for business reasons that he wants to reduce his exposure to investments on the Chinese mainland, and goodness knows why he's decided that in the world's biggest and boomingest economy and great stock market and things. I mean, completely inexplicable that he should decide that there's some problem in the Chinese economy. He is now being ravaged mm -hmm. for taking a business decision because everything is politics. Yeah, Business decisions aren't business decisions. If you don't toe the line, you're not patriotic enough, etc., etc., so it's, you know, it's a very dangerous assumption 
that all you need to do is shut up and play along and everything will be all right, because it won't. Yeah, absolutely. And if it can happen to K.S. Lee... I was going to say. Yeah, boy. The average the average Mr Wong in the street needs to be very careful. I'll tell you what, talking about people being very careful, forget about all this. This pales into significance. It could be worse. You could be a cellist. No. Yeah. No. You could even own a cello. I wouldn't, you know... There are underground cello bars in Hong Kong. Are there? Did you know that? Are there? I'm going to out some cello players, I think. I think that's People are planting cello cases on people they don't like these days. Well, well, no, actually, besides carrying an illegal cello on the MTR, there was another serious offence that cropped up this week, which was carrying too many candles into Victoria Park to celebrate the Moon Festival. And with a cello. Apparently, the limit of... You can't make this up. I don't know. I feel so sorry for satirists in Hong Kong because there's nothing you can make up which is more absurd than the bureaucracy. Apparently, the, the Jobsworths who run the Victoria Park, who are presumably the leisure and whatever it is, services department, decreed that only four candles per person could be brought into Victoria Park to... To celebrate the Moon Festival. This is news to me. And, and, I'm really and, glad about and, that too. And thank God, thank God, they had enforcement officers on site with clipboards to go around to remind the B participants of the limitations under the statute and under the Basic Law, which we've just heard a very, very fine advert for, under all of these regulations, which 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 limit them to a maximum of four candles. Four candles. Yeah, four candles. Four candles, no cellos, and no laughing, no skinniggering in the back, and actually, Asia's Asia's what is it? World weird city. Weird. Asia's weird city um, is at it again. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm looking at an article from the LA Times. I'm just rewinding here. LA Times: Academic freedom at risk. Professor who backed Hong Kong protests denied. Protest. The point is, I've never in my entire time in Hong Kong known so much world coverage of Asia's weird city. Well, it's mountain. And woe betide you it, if you're a cellist. Yeah, well, you know, I, can I, can I make to... an admission? I have met cellists. I may have? Yes. May, you I've may... never met a cellist, but I've met, I've met a man who's met a cellist. Oh, well, there you go. And uh, what do we I know? I think it's a big scam by viola we... players to what, get them all sanctioned. What do we know about them? <laughs> you, you, you've been in They're orchestra. very strange. Yeah. That's what I thought. They are very strange people, Chad. And are they the sort of people... Can I ask you this, because I think Insidious. you may be an expert. Are they the sort of people who don't pay sufficient attention to MTR regulations? Would you say it's as bad as that? Absolutely. Oh, I think dear. it's because they don't want all the gigs, so oh, they just dear. pretend they can't get to them. Yeah, gosh. I, I hadn't realised it was that serious, but... but this, is a, know, this is a big, serious deal. This is deal. a big issue. <laughs> you know... Because the situation is absurd, they've decided, let's make it that much more absurd. So they're now taking a month to decide to, to review the, the big issue of carriage of cellos on the MTR. You can imagine them all sitting down, you know, Bill Cap one one. Oh, well, look, I saw three cello players last week. And, 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 you know, I mean, some of them were, well, I can only describe them as um, foreign. 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 Foreign influences. Foreign influences. There it is. Carrying cellos. Cellos, in fact... They are the foreign influences that we've been talking about. Do you think talking. they laugh while they're on the MTR? Because that could be quite serious. If they laugh, if they dance, forget about oh, it. It's not, all over. Uh, no, no, sorry, dancing, you, you're just going too far there. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking laughing was pretty pretty bad. However, what are we talking about? Well, a school kid got... Li- I mean, the grown-ups can take care of themselves. It's a massive, massive inconvenience. 
And, yeah. and uh, let's not forget, actually, these some of these instruments are worth a squillion. Yeah, they're several hundred years old. Yeah. The whole, these are not these are not toys. And, and apparently, and I heard this on RTHK, so it must be true. Go on. Then. The the um, you know his name, and I've just forgotten. Richard. Yeah, the Richard. I can't tell the, you because it's a cello name, and yeah, I just I don't, want, I don't want the cello anyway, fuzz the knocking on the door. At the Hong Kong Phil yep. has pointed out, and I I didn't know this. He said, "You know what? Cellos haven't actually changed shape in the last four hundred years." Aha, and touchy right here on Radio Three, still in with Steve Vines. I'll tell you what, Steve. I was just thinking, if the MTR had half a grain of sense, they could sway public opinion instantaneously by stopping bassoonists from getting to their gigs. Hey, that's a good plan. Why can't they just do the logical thing? Yeah. What about harmonica players? Harmonica's all right. Is it? Harmonica I'm is all right. quite small. But it's jazz and that is the devil's music. Yes, that's devil's true. Devil's music. I want to go to an email from Alan. He says, at least Cello Gate has brought up... Cello Gate. <laughs> cello Gate. It's not a gate, it's a bridge. Yeah. Uh, it says, at least Cello Gate has brought to light the MTR rule that packages must be less than 1.3 metres in length. That's obviously violated every day, he says. Anyway, it's presumably an application of this rule that compels cyclists bringing their bikes on the MTR to take the front wheel off. It's basically the only way to get a bike across the harbour without having a car since the demise of the Jordan car ferry. <gasps> the old mm. days. Sports cyclists with super light titanium frames can manage to juggle dissembled bikes. The average bike that's fixed wheels and, God forbid, a basket or a carrier, it's impossible. I know the government's policy is that bikes are toys and not a means of transport, says Alan. So while they'll spend £100 billion on a reclamation for a bypass or a bridge, for bikes, the only facilities are signs telling you to keep out. Yes. Well, I, I, no. think, I think bikes Thank along you. with cellos are the devil. Bikes with cellos. A, a cycling celloist. A cycling cellist. <laughs> You're going to the gulag, mate. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, is this... how very dare you? Yeah, how very dare you? But you know, no, no, might... I, I I understand where they're coming from on bikes. I mean, if you get everybody, if everybody in Hong Kong got on a bike, think how ghastly that would be. It would be atrocious. It would be horrible. And the very fact that you it, brought it, it would... up means you're banned. Yeah, I'm banned. And, and you know what what they would do in diminishing, you know, roadside emissions and pollutions, even if they weren't driving VWs. That's that's a topical dig, in case you hadn't noticed that's it. That's a cracker, isn't it? Um, if if they did this... and they the man deprived, who drives a jag. Yeah, well, that's different. That's not VW. <laughs> um, if they deprived Hong Kong people of their inherent right to pollution at the roadside by riding cycles, I think they need to be punished. I think they should be, pu they should be made to listen to the Weber Bassoon Concerto. <laughs> yes. That's how they should be punished. Well, that, anyway, all you're yours. You're going too far, as usual. <laughs> Well, yeah, I don't know why I'm chuckling, but 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 you do have to have a bit of a chuckle, don't you? Horrible. Because we 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 we're, we're on. Last time I looked at the calendar, which was this morning, I noticed that it was the thirtieth of of September. Yeah. That was this morning, yep. wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, yeah. It is, Can yeah. we all agree on that? Yep, Can yep. we take a vote? <laughs> um, but yet, very recently mm. and a few days ago, we were told categorically, categorically. that a decision was going to be taken by the end of last week, on the fate of the former chief executive, Donald Jung, whether he was going to be charged for... Well, well, well hang on, he's at his cello lesson. He's at his cello lesson riding a bicycle. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, whether he was going to be charged for offences under the bribery ordinance. Well, that didn't happen, did it? Nope. That categorically, it will happen, didn't happen. Well, all, all, we, all we haven't been told. What is the explanation? Go on. I think clear as the nose on your face, is this is not going to be a judicial decision. They are waiting for orders from up north. And what, Yorkshire? 
Yorkshire or Beijing, most all of those northern places are very similar, to the best of my knowledge, including the Doncaster. Beer's about the same quality, <laughs> I could tell you that much. And they are waiting for orders, and anybody who seriously thinks that the decision on whether or not to prosecute Donald Chung has got anything to do with the judicial process is a person of great, great imagination. That's all I can say. But we've had other deadlines that have passed. We were going to have immediately... Oh, no, no, very soon. Very soon, I'm sorry. Not immediately. Very soon. We were going to have irrefutable evidence of foreign meddling in the uh, organisation of the Umbrella Movement. Well, we've just passed the first year anniversary, as some people will have noticed. And, uh, oh, tell you what, we haven't seen any of that evidence. And then there are the relatives of the people who died on the Lama Ferry. This is true. Who were told that they would be given access to the report, the full access to the report of the Marine Department's inquiry into the ferry. Well, we're now three years on from that and nothing has happened. So, but we gave Johannes the flick, didn't yes, we? <laughs> yeah, so that's good. We, 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 the deadline for not appointing Johannes Chan was met. Um, the deadline for C.Y. Leung's latest visit to the mainland, which is weekly anyway, has been met. Um, but, you know, when it comes to things that, some of which matter very deeply, I would cite the uh, Marine de- Department's inquiry into that ferry disaster as something that matters to a small group of people very deeply. Those sort of things... Well, you know, you say you're going to do it, but you don't mean it. You say you're going to announce the um, implementation of the judicial process, but nah, that's not serious. I mean, you know, this is um, lax on one hand, but insidious on another. Do you reckon this kind of stuff will make people, including Hong Kong Chinese belongers, pack up and split? Well, <laughs> unfortunately, that's kind of what's happening. I mean, there's all sorts of things happening which are very underreported. You know, there's been quite a considerable migration to Taiwan in the last few years. Have have you read about that in the newspapers? Don't think so. But it is... is, I mean, we're talking about tens of thousands of people, so it's it's more than a couple of people deciding not to go. Then, of course, you've got the people who, like me, in the loyalist camp, have foreign passports who are shifting their investments more and more into overseas locations because they're worried about here. I, I, I heard one of those loyalists on Steam Radio this morning on this very station oh, say. saying that, you know, a lot of uh, parents uh, are thinking of sending their children overseas for education because they don't like the political atmosphere here. Her point was that that's because of the ghastly Democrats. But actually, it's because parents here are thinking if my child's to have a future maybe it would be better if if that future was anchored in at least one other place so they have the option of of being there as well all of this is going on at the moment people who have the means are hedging their bets so i mean this could this is certainly worthy of chatting about it is i mean here's this wonderful place in many ways super safe that's something for kids very safe very safe it is secure all these things um and yet this. So they're thinking, what do I do? What do I do? And I'm, I'm just beginning to well, think, I think it's, it's, it's a, becoming Hong a reality. Kong, Hong Kong people are pragmatic. And Don't they say s- pragmatic. Well, I, def- but no, in, 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 pragmatic is such a horrible uh, Well, it is a horrible word, but, but word. it is also... I mean, it, because it keeps being used subjectively. What I'm saying yeah. about pragmatic is that they say, well, look, you know, if we've got the cash, 
to create an alternative, wouldn't you? We'll go and do that. Yeah. And I, honestly, I can't blame people for thinking in that way. Mm-hmm. It, of course, the vast majority of people in Hong Kong don't have that cash. No, they don't. I mean, they can't even afford to to, to buy a roof over their heads. These, these are things that we know, but we're, uh, we're not supposed to talk about because it um, undermines the basic law or, mm-hmm. or something, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm just, you know, OK, we can always talk about foreigners going, oh, well, I'll leave and go somewhere else. Yeah. Fair enough, especially if they're high-powered business people, perish the thought. I'm talking about the guys who belong here, grew up here. Yeah. Rooted here. Yeah. And they are, they are, they're, 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 they've looked in the escape hatch and they've thought, I wonder if I can get access to that. And so that big comparison between Hong Kong and Singapore, I don't think that's happening there. Well, it's there a bit is of a some weird of that. discussion. There, that there one, is but... some of that. I mean... Um, I, you, you know, I mean, Hong Kong is obsessed by comparison to Singapore. The fact of the matter is that Singapore has lost because of its authoritarian and dictatorial policies. It's lost some of the brightest minds in the country. Nick Leeson. To <laughs> Nick Leeson. To oh, yeah, I wasn't actually having him in mind, but but to overseas locations, incidentally, including Hong Kong. Yeah. I mean, you look at Hong Kong universities. There's quite a large number of Singaporean academics who decided that because there wasn't... <laughs> and now we can pause for, for, for hollow laughter. Because there wasn't adequate academic freedom in Singapore, they might be better coming across to Hong Kong. Careful what you wish for, because these these plagues of intolerance can follow you. Is it because HKU is like the institution? Don't forget we've got some well, great places around HKU, the corner. There's Chinese U, there's City UST... U. You know, these these are these are top universities, lots of them around, and a lot of them are populated by overseas academics, some of whom and overseas students actually, and overseas students as well. But but I'm thinking of people who have consciously taken the decision that they can flourish better in this environment than they can in the environment of their home countries, places like Singapore, and of course, the mainland. Mm. That's where the majority of these academics come from. Something caught my attention here. Former Justice Secretary Elsie Lone said on Tuesday that the turnout of the first anniversary of the start of Occupy clearly, clearly shows that the Umbrella Movement doesn't have the support of the Hong Kong people. They got, they got my support. I wasn't there. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, talk about grasping at straws. There was also a demonstration, and Elsie presumably knows about this, there was also a demonstration She's of, a Mr. On. of the anti-Occupy now, the anti-occupied... Dem- I, I was there, so I saw all this. You couldn't go to. You weren't allowed in. Why not? Well, because they said it's only for people who are blue shirts, who are... Who are, who are but how do and, they know you weren't? Well, I think they noticed I was a bit of a, a foreigner. Oh, you're a foreign influence. <laughs> foreign influence. But but they had um, a, a friend of mine who's a journalist. She, she was allowed in under escort. <laughs> oh, God. You know, <laughs> but they had about 100 people there. So, according to Elsie's logic... And she's a former Secretary for Justice, so she must be right. She does adhere to the basic law. According to her logic, the anti-Occupy people are even less popular in Hong Kong. Well, thank you, Elsie. I, I, she may be right. That is very good. If you're going to judge it by the numbers... That paragraph was missed off the email, though. That was though. missed off the email, the, what, what was sent to you, was it? But what's the point of saying that from well, anybody, not just it's, her? It's, I mean, it's, it's, you the, can't... Theme, the theme now is, um, you know, Hong Kong people should stop chatting about all this democracy and freedom nonsense. Let's focus on, on very capable efforts of the government to revive the economy. Brackets not. You ever heard of a novel, The Man in the High Castle? <laughs> what would happen if 
the Japanese and Hitler had, and the Nazis had, in fact, won the Second World War and what, and what the place would be like afterwards. Yeah. You, you ever heard of that? I haven't. It's, fan, it's very fanta- uh, interesting book in the 1960s. But you imagine if, imagine if for some reason the, the Communist Party just vanished tomorrow. I mean, you know, I'm being stupid here, but you never say never, basically. Well, particularly about dictatorships, which are fragile. What I mean, happens then? Well, exactly. I mean, normally what happens in the wake of these dictatorships crumbling is exactly what they say will happen. Boom. Chaos. Because, you know, because you don't have... You don't have a fully constructed civil society. You don't have alternative <coughs> means of government. You don't have, as you do in democracies, you know, the great ability to say, right, you mob out, this mob in. You know, Hong Kong's a very... But, Hong- but that doesn't mean that they don't rebuild. No. Hong Kong could be very lost right now, and I, I, and I really sort of feel the, I don't know, despair, whatever you call it, for a lot of people, because I reckon if, in some bizarre parallel universe, the Brits were, said, the Brits were told, right, you can have Hong Kong back, they don't be silly. Yeah, we, well, we don't I, want that. I'm quite sure. Get lost. Uh, David Cameron go, I, that's very, very... I mean, you know, it's very nice of you, but... Don't you say, know. well, we get pigs from we, China. We are, we are quite busy at the moment. And, oh, they wouldn't uh, be interested in they, the slightest. They, well, so, I don't think... I mean, the, 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 the truth of the matter is that even when Britain exercised sovereignty over Hong Kong, I wouldn't say that the British government's main priority, secondary priority, or even 15th priority, was Hong Kong. It was just a residue of history, and it was as simple as that. Yeah. You think so even in the... So the idea that somehow the Brits are still plotting to get back is... I mean, it's Well, I'm so talking about ludicrous. the people here who waved the colonial flag, because it really is a red rag. Well, they, I think they're being deliberately provocative. <laughs> of course what they they're are. really saying is that we're different from the rest of China. I think waving the colonial flag is not a great idea. You know, I want and, to... And, you know, if you really want to assert the difference and the separateness of Hong Kong, there are better ways of doing it. But anyway, mm. they ain't going to listen to me. All this stuff about anti-mainlander sentiment, parallel trading, smuggling, whatever you call it, the whole bit, you've got to think now and again why this is happening, why these guys are flooding yeah. in here, because they don't trust what's happening in their yes. own backyard. Yes. And you they not... think Hong Kong is safer and better. Yes. I mean, you know, do, do you really believe that the average Hong Kong person is gagging to have the same kind of society as that which prevails on the mainland. <laughs> it's, it's, it's ludicrous. It ain't true.